Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. How are you doing? Doing great. Lovely, crisp, cool uh, weekend, winter morning. Sun's coming in. We've already smashed a scenario. We have, yeah. yeah, We we... we sort of... Smashing was in equal directions i think <laughs> we did a lot of smashing and then we got yeah. smashed quite a bit <laughs> yeah we were smashing it until the scenario smashed back and even then we had we did have an unlucky string of chaos bag pulls i think we did yeah we did that was one of the scarlet keys scenarios dead heat and of course that was exciting for us as well because if you've listened to our secrets in scarlet I've just understood interviews, the meaning of the name of the scenario as well now when you said yeah. it, literally, it now makes sense. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. about it. Okay, cool. Right, yeah, I yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. Good. And this episode, we should jump right in with a spoiler warning to begin. We want to start talking about a new mechanic introduced in the Scarlet Keys, which is Concealed X. So we're going to start talking about Concealed. We, between us, haven't played every scenario yet in the Scarlet Keys, We've worked out, Peter, you've played four. I've played a few more than I think I've played seven of the ten that are available. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to go into specific detail about specific scenarios and how Concealed works there, because the plan is we might do another Concealed episode. But we do want to just start talking about Concealed for various reasons. But one of the reasons being that it's got us a little bit excited. Yeah, I think we'll say we're probably not going to talk about specific enemies that have Concealed. Because some of them Mm -hmm. use concealed in different ways to produce different challenges. So I think we're going to try and Mm -hmm. focus on the mechanic itself and talk about it's it's sort of our first impressions of how it works. Because I I dropped a hot take on you the other day, which I think is it's the mechanic which makes the most difference to how you play that Mm. we've seen in any of the campaigns so far. Ever. Ever. Did I say ever? Is that what I said? I don't think you said ever, but that was implied because yeah. you then sent me a list of other mechanics from other campaigns to sort of and say, so see, Frank, these are all see. garbage compared to concealed. And to be fair, yeah, I was I was inclined to agree. I wondered about explore and how much explore changed people's expectations of how a scenario goes. Mm. But anyway, I think the easiest way to find out whether your hot take is an accurate hot take or hot <laughs> garbage is to dig in and see. Yeah. So if you've not played in Scarlet Keys yet, don't know anything about Concealed and don't want to know, now's probably the time to stop and bookmark this episode for later. But otherwise, we're going to dive in and as best we can, we'll steer clear of specific scenario spoilers. I suppose I'd like to add that we want to mention something. I certainly want to mention something in Riddles and Rain, which is the very first scenario. So I'll, I'll flag that up when we get there. But otherwise, yeah, we'll steer clear of those spoilers. Brill. So, Peter, do you want to talk us through how Concealed X works? Yeah, I don't know how much of the... the if you've got the campaign guide for the Scarlet Keys, you've got the rules explanation. So I don't mm. necessarily want to read the whole thing, but should, wait, should I just read the section that tells you what happens when you draw an enemy that has Concealed X on it? Good idea. What, what it says is, when an investigator draws an enemy with the Concealed X keyword, or is instructed to resolve an enemy's Concealed keyword... They spawn that enemy into a game area above the agenda deck, not at any location. 
This area is called the Shadows. That investigator takes the set-aside concealed mini-card that matches the enemy, along with X decoys. So if we've got concealed two, we're taking two decoys and, and the enemy. If we've got concealed one eye, we're picking a, a decoy for each investigator and then the original enemy. We shuffle them face down and puts them into play, distributed as evenly as possible among each location in play, starting with the locations nearest to them. Uh, and if you get any locations that already have had a decoy that location, you shuffle the two face down ones that are there. Mm-hmm. Now, you just had a decoy at that location. One thing I've noticed with discussing concealed is that we often end up referring to the unrevealed, unexposed cards as decoys. <laughs> That's right. I- when, of course, they're not decoys until you found out if they're decoys or not. And it's a shame because I think Concealed Mini Card, CMC, is not a great (laughs) shorthand for these cards that are at locations. Mini Card, I guess, works, and we started referring to them as decoys. So if accidentally we say (laughs) decoy when we're not talking about the exposed actual decoy card please forgive us we'll try and stick to concealed mini card but yeah your point point remains if there's already a cmc there and you place another one there you shuffle them this up. is a total tangent frank but did you ever play space space hulk the board game yeah, yeah. so that had blips right yes yeah so yeah. maybe we could call them blips in it, aliens where they've got the motion scanners and they can see the yep. aliens moving towards them in Space Hulk, mm. blips represent an unknown number of aliens. I think one to three, yeah. potentially. And they're moved around as a, as, a, as a blip rather than an actual number of aliens. So that the opponent doesn't know how many aliens there are there. They just know that there are some. It saves a bit of congestion on the board with moving all the aliens around and stuff like that. Anyway, maybe we could call them blips instead because it might be a... Yeah. I like, I like saying blip. That's an option then, yeah. Okay, so so what's happened is we've drawn an enemy with concealed. We've got some mini cards scattered around. What happens next? Great question. So in theory, you could then just ignore those cards. But if you want to find that enemy, you can try to expose blips. And there are multiple different ways. And I think this is where some of the confusion arises for some people. But Speaking at the most basic level, you can investigate, fight, or evade your location if it has a concealed minicard there, and the difficulty of that test is the shroud of the location. So suddenly there's lots of different ways of interacting with your location. If you succeed, you flip the blip over. If it's a decoy, it gets discarded. And if it's the enemy, the enemy spawns at that location, although I don't think it uses the word spawn. It's placed at that location. Let me check place the matching enemy in the shadows at that minicard's location and then get rid of the minicard. You'll hear the rustling of the campaign guide because we (laughs) both have ours in front of us. Other key feature to note at that point is that if that was the only enemy in the shadows, all other concealed minicards are discarded at that point. No matter where they are. Yeah, because you know that they're all decoys. Obviously, if there's another enemy in the shadows, you don't get rid of any. So say we draw a concealed two enemy, there are three blips in play, and if our f- first action is investigate our location, succeed, flip a concealed mini card, and it's the enemy, the other two cards go and they've taxed us no actions and they're gone. That really makes it key to clear out concealed enemies 
I mean, we had a we had a situation in a scenario where we had we bust a gut to get rid of a mini card because it would sweep a load of them off the map back mm-hmm. from where mm-hmm. we were in the reverse direction from where we were and stop us having a load of extra work if another concealed enemy appeared. There are other ways of exposing blips. Do you want to yeah. mention some of this, those? This is crucial, and I think we're going to talk about this a lot more. So, so yeah, as Frank said, you can, as you said, I'm talking to you, <laughs> you, can, you can attack, investigate, or evade your location, allowing you to use tools you've got, assets you've got, events you've got, to help uh, pass those tests, rather than just being a straight-up fight test, uh, a straight-up combat test. You can use a weapon to fight your location, sort of hacking away at the shadows, and that will, you know, that will expose the location. So all those assets you got in those deck in your deck, you're worried you're not going to be able to use. There's actually more ways to use them here than there is otherwise. And further to that, mm-hmm. if you have a card effect which automatically evades an enemy, deals damage to an enemy, or discovers a clue at your location, you can trade that in for exposing a blip at your location now this this is where it starts to get a bit complicated because we're, we're layering a lot of effects here there's a lot of effects over the the six years this game has been published mm-hmm. that that do things a bit like this some of them work with this some of them don't work with this we've not found any that we haven't been able to kind of logic out what we think the, a good answer is for it with with kind of yeah. reference back to the rules but i think there might be edge cases lurking there that people can't intuit in the moment yeah well and there's two follow-up rules that add the layers one is that although you treat concealed enemy cards sort of like enemies because you can fight or evade them it says that they're not enemies and they cannot be engaged like enemies can so cards that care about the being an enemy at your location can't use concealed mini cards as that yeah. and then the other important rule is it says only one concealed mini card may be exposed exposed per effect unless explicitly stated so for instance an effect that deals three damage to each enemy this is the example in the in the campaign guide at a location does not expose all cmcs at that location only one so playing a dynamite blast doesn't just clear everything and that gets tricksy if you've got effects that trigger other effects and so on and so forth about how you work out well hang on do i get to clear more than one here or not basically normally not unless there's very specific circumstances is what we've discovered yeah specifically it says that if you use an effect to expose a blip it it trades in all of the standard effects all the standard effects of that action or ability yeah. So if I investigate and I put in deduction or if fight and I put in vicious blow, I'm getting an additional clue or an additional damage were I just to investigate normally or fight an enemy normally. But if I'm trying to expose multiple concealed mini cards, it's only going to get me one card for the investigate or one card for the damage. It's not every point of damage is an expose or every clue you get is an expose. Does that make sense? Yeah, and as far as I can tell, back to the dynamite blast, if you had a load of enemies at your location and then also some concealed cards, playing the dynamite blast would either deal three damage to all the enemies or expose one of the blips. Is that right? Mm, Good question. 
because you'd be choosing to expose a concealed mini card, so that effect replaces the standard effects of the action or ability that exposed it. Yeah. I would say yes. If you had an ability such as Alice Luxley or Gret Wagner, here are some more interesting niche cases but might help explain this. So Alice is when you discover a clue, deal a damage to an enemy at your location. So you could investigate normally and get a clue and then exhaust Alice and deal a damage to someone at your location. And you could use that ping of damage to expose a concealed mini card. So that could be nice. So things like that where they're not... Alice's reaction is not part of the effect. It's an addition to the effect of getting a clue. Those sorts of things are quite useful. You were going to move us on to something more specifically? I was going to say, why don't we run through some specific cards people might want to run? We're going to get into our impressions of the mechanic soon so so bear with us mm. <laughs> but let's let's talk yeah. about can i throw some some combos of cards at you <laughs> and you can yeah. you can tell me what works and what doesn't work best i can make it, best <laughs> it. let's look at mano a mano and working a hunch working mm-hmm. a hunch okay. says basically find a clue at your discover one clue at your location right fast yeah it's fast to cost yeah. That will expose a mini card at your location. Exactly. Simple as that. Yeah. So rather than getting a clue, use working a hunch and you can you can expose a card. What about mano a mano? Play only as your first action. Deal one damage to an enemy engaged with you. Concealed mini cards are not engaged with you. Yes. And you can So you can't do that. Yes. You can fight them as if they were engaged with you, but mano a mano is not a fight. Yeah. Likewise, sneak attack, deal two damage to an exhausted enemy at your location. Yes. Concealed mini cards are not exhausted enemies. Small favour? Small favour, deal a damage to an enemy at your location. Would work, Would work. I believe. Yeah. Let me see the wording. Deal one damage to a non-elite enemy at your location. And if you were to pay an extra two to increase its... to change deal one damage to deal two damage... You couldn't then split that damage up to two concealed mini cards. That's not how it works. So there's no reason to to pay the extra two for that. But paying the extra two for the second reaction ability on small favour to be at a location up to two connections away, you're paying for and exposing a mini card up to two locations away. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Good, yeah. What about uh, Milan, Dr. Milan? So Dr. Milan has a reaction after you investigate, get a resource. So if you're using investigates as your main way of exposing, the attempt to expose a concealed mini card is not a new action type. Mm -hmm. So as long as you say I'm investigating, I'm using my intellect, you could be getting resources while exposing. Yeah, And pickpocketing, because pickpocketing in Milan on the surface of it look quite similar. Hmm. Pickpocketing is after you evade an enemy, draw a card. Now, we we nearly fell into this trap, didn't we? But if you read the rules, it says it replaces the standard effect of that action or ability. If an enemy's mini card Mm. is exposed by evasion or damage, the matching enemy is not evaded, nor does it take damage. Yeah. So if I do an evade and it's a decoy, it's not an enemy anyway. And if I do an evade and it is an enemy in the shadows, it doesn't get evaded. So either way, I don't think pickpocketing does anything. If pickpocketing said something like after you successfully evade, yeah, but it does not. It says after you evade an enemy, an enemy. Yeah. exhaust. So yeah, that's. I think that's that's a that's a. There's more complicated cards. So I saw someone bringing up um, deciphered reality on, on a Discord, yeah. but let's let's not dive into that. <laughs> yeah, 
do we want to talk about just moving more into our kind of analysis mind now talk about some mm. characters mm. and cards and investigators that have i guess bonus interactions or additional effect when we're looking at concealed enemies yeah. as well yeah and can we just acknowledge as well that even at the start of this episode as we're working through the rules I noticed how it's quite easy to get tangled. Mm. I don't feel like any individual rule with concealed is particularly complicated, but there's just enough, and it's only four bullets for revealing concealed mini cards. So it's not a lo- like you know pages and pages of text, but there are just enough interlocking interactions that I can see how it is confusing, and certainly trying to talk it out loud is challenging and i've noticed that when we play normally we talk through an effect okay it's this oh hang on i've forgotten this rule and it's normally fairly straightforward in our in our multiplayer games to do that but i can see how if i was playing this solo or if i was playing where i was the person who had to be on top of the rules for a whole group that could get confusing i don't i don't necessarily think people are going to suffer if they do this in a more intuitive way they, they know how the rules work, and in the moment, you could rule them to work how it intuitively would make sense to you. And naturally, you've got the grim rule there, which you should be following. Yeah. But if, if you're... I don't think it's going to drastically upset the balance of it if you get one of these interactions. If, if, you, if this interaction isn't working the way you think it should work, you play it as working the way intuitively makes sense based on the rules you've got. Yeah. Well, I'd go a step further and i'd say that maybe the thing it would impact the most is deck building if you've played scarlet keys before Mm. because if you've decided that say storm of spirits reveals all cmcs at your location (laughs) because you've decided that feels intuitively better for you i would say it's quite clear from the rules that that doesn't work but if you've decided that then you might be like oh i'm gonna run storm of spirits Whereas if you're building a mystic and you feel that that's not going to do something for you, maybe you're going to be looking at something like Sword Cane, where you're going to want repeated one-off chances to hit the threshold and use your stat rather than a single big burst to reveal loads. So that yeah, that's where it feels like it would have the most impact, is how you plan for the your your team and how you plan your decks. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you said you were going to bring the the analysis. Yeah, down on yeah, us. yeah. Let's drop that analysis bomb. Some thanks to Brian on Right of Seeking, who wrote a really good guide to a, mm. like a spoiler free deck building guide for the campaign. And I really mm-hmm, hope Brian mm-hmm. does these for all the campaigns going forwards, or mm. or going backwards as well, because I think it's a really nice tool to point people at. That that yeah. step of building a a deck without knowing any of the challenges you're going to face that can be quite intimidating. So even just steering you towards some investigators who've got positive interactions without any of the spoilers, I think that's mm-hmm. that's a really nice thing to have done. He's mentioned at least yeah. one of I think maybe even two or three of the cards we're about to mention. Mm, but okay. but looking at investigators specifically and their their interactions with it with with concealed Ursula who gets a free investigate, there's essentially more targets for investigation when concealed enemies are around. Mm-hmm. If you're using investigate to expose. If you're using yeah. investigate to expose. You could move into a location, even one that doesn't have any clues, investigate to expose a blip, and then continue about your day. So that's nice. Then there's... so I, 
sort of these break down into two areas. And the first two are examples of the, the two ways it breaks down to me. You've first of all mm-hmm. got abilities which improve your basic actions or give you additional basic actions. You've also put mm-hmm. Finn on the list as well. Yeah. Who has a free action to evade, which could be used to evade a concealed enemy. Uh, and I think yeah. probably Ashkan falls into that a little bit as well. Uh, Ashkan has Duke who gets a, a boost for fighting and a boost for investigating mm-hmm. over Ashkan's base stats. And yeah. there's a move built in as well. So Ashkan and Duke can move expose, um, which is which is nice. Having the move built in is good. I think one of the things about Concealed is that it spreads out the blips around the board. Uh, we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about scalability mm-hmm. later, but that movement tech built in to the basic abilities is just like tailor-made for, yeah. for, for concealed cards. So yeah, we've got the, that kind of group who are, have benefits or, or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Boosts to their basic abilities. And then we have another mm. group who mm-hmm. are able to automatically deal damage or gain clues. And we've put down here Roland, Trish and Agnes. Roland's mm-hmm. a great example. I'm playing Roland in that campaign. Roland, when he defeats an enemy, gets to pick up a clue. Which could easily be... It's an obligatory joke here about who Roland is, but we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll wave that for now. Um, so, so, you know, that, 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 that can be an automatic expose of a blip. Agnes, exactly yeah. the same situation. She can take a horror, and then that's an expose at her location. Uh, yeah. Which is great because it gets around the potentially high shroud values on locations in the yes, Scarlet Keys. yeah. Forbidden knowledge suddenly becomes gain four resources, expose four minicards. Yeah. Which is like fantastic. Do you want to add anything about the investigators? I've we've noted down there. I've got probably two things to add. One, Trish is a bit of an odd duck here because she for her ability when she investigates, she needs to choose an enemy at her location and concealed many cards are not enemies. So she doesn't get to auto evade a concealed mini card or get multiple clues from them because she needs to be able to pick an enemy at her location. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason you put Trish in her is I've been playing Trish in our campaign and I've been running cards like Breaking and Entering and Milan and and Pickpocketing and all of these things where Trish cares about having enemies around more generally for her whole suite of things. So she sort of doesn't mind exposing enemies if she's then going to auto evade them and get extra clues. They, They sort of they give her extra bonuses anyway, although there's nothing on her card that explicitly makes her good at, at dealing yeah. with concealed mini Sorry, cards. Sorry, I kind of put her on the list just on autopilot because I put Roland down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Sorry. The, the other thing I'd, I'd add then is you've mentioned Ursula and Finn for extra actions, and I think extra action tech given what we've already identified about concealed is probably a good thing and then the the final thing i'd say is any investigators with a five in intellect combat or agility might be worth a look in because the other thing we've identified is you might have multiple tests to do against lots of shrouds and we'll talk about this a bit more later but one of the challenges of concealed is how do you hit the thresholds for tests repeatedly in a way that's not using up all of your charges and your ammo whatever else it is if you're like oh i'm going to be able to hit a high fight threshold but it's using fire axe and i'm going to be spending three resources each time that's going to get really expensive really fast 
So the, the finding those ways around, whereas, you know, a Mark Harrigan or a Kaimani Jones, they have a stat in five and they can potentially be exposing cards just repeatedly and happily without many other boosts. And I think that, that leads on to the next thing I want to talk about, which is player cards out with investigators that, that are useful here. And mm-hmm. one of my favourite things about Concealed is the the kind of recontextualization of a lot of cards we've had in the past that yes. don't offer, wep- particularly weapons that don't offer additional damage. Weapons that offer a decent fight boost, combat boost, but don't offer additional mm-hmm. damage. Like Shovel. Yeah. That's Your plus, two, plus combat. two combat, but no additional damage and can be discarded with an action to find a clue. Both those abilities work really well in terms of exposing blips. Yeah, as everyone knows, if you run into the shadows with a <laughs> the shovel, shovel. <laughs> you're going to start finding things. Yes, yeah, absolutely. We mentioned newspaper on a recent first look at Dunwich cards as another useful card. It's a plus two intellect mm-hmm. while you don't have any clues. It might be that you want to be investigating and exposing blips before you start getting any clues for some reason. And in which case, newspaper is going to be giving you a nice repeatable boost. Yeah. What's What's been interesting is in our campaign with Roland and Trish, Roland's got a lot of separate effects I can stack to gain clues off locations. But mm-hmm. Trish is looking more at gaining additional clues when she discovers them, which is mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. for getting clues, but worse for exposing. So R- yeah. Roland can defeat an enemy and then use Gret and Evidence to expose three, three mini cards in his location. Mm-hmm. not getting any clues Trish finds it harder to do that with the, the tools she's got at her, her disposal but could potentially get three clues with a deduction in her ability if there were to be an enemy there yeah, yeah <laughs> so, exactly yeah. yeah it's funny how it goes another card type here that's probably important to mention is that because the difficulty to expose CMCs whether you investigate fight or evade is keyed off the shroud value cards that reduce shroud value gain extra value as well in particular one i've seen that i think is quite strong if you can afford to play it and get value out of it is map the area yeah yeah absolutely because map the area drops the shroud of your location which means if your team has someone who exposes cards using their combat and then someone else who uses their agility you're giving them both plus ones because of map the area hi listener frank here from the future just a tiny correction here map the area doesn't reduce the shroud of a location it reduces the difficulty of all tests at that location by one so i've included map the area when we're talking about shroud reduction it does work in effect like it is reducing the shroud but the card itself doesn't reduce the shroud it just reduces the difficulty of all tests at that location so i thought i'd just point that out thanks bye It obviously is completely scenario-specific to have a location where you think you're going to be doing multiple exposes. But if you are, then it can be really strong. It can translate to a lot of plus-one stat map the area. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, if you want to get get real with this, you know, you've got skeleton key, you've got, what's it, preach breach the area. No. <laughs> breach the hunch. <laughs> breach the area. <laughs> breach the room. Work, working a breach. Yeah, breach the room, which also lowers... Breach the door. 
Test Combat 1, if you succeed, attach Breach the Door to your location with one resource in it for each point you succeeded by as leads, and you reduce the attached shroud's location by one for each lead on Breach the Door. Yeah, so potentially that's that's quite a reduction in shroud. It's just how much you're going to spike to hit that. You know, if you're dropping a shroud from a 4 or a 3 down to a 1 or a 0, then suddenly clearing out a location becomes great. Super hot. The other card I wanted to mention here, which is a very rarely played card is arcane insight <laughs> do you remember arcane insight oh god it's the one with the it's... guy's head sort of splitting yeah. in two go on so this is a three cost four xp seeker card it gets three charges and there's a free trigger while an investigator is taking his or her turn spend a charge your location gets minus two shroud until the end of this turn so maybe you want to get clues and do some exposing it's sort of a flashlight but you can trigger it on someone else for their entire turn it's just another option around shroud reduction, which would have a knock-on effect for if you're dealing with concealed cards. I have that card in my mind, um, totally mixed up with Feed the Mind. I don't know why they both <laughs> fit together in my head like they do, but yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> the art is sort of similar for both of them, right? It's not really no. no <laughs> it's not no. It's <laughs> but but it's 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 he a three cost. Look it up. Yeah, yeah. It's a three cost arcane slot seeker card, so maybe that's why. And there's so many cards, like Arcane Insight is just the most generic Arkham card name. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I guess there's there's other stuff as Occult well. Occult Insight. <laughs> yeah. Arcane Lexicon, yeah. <laughs> I suppose Shroud Reduction is interesting as well, because there's other cards like Keyring and uh, Flashlight, which do Shroud Flashlight. Reduction. And then there's other effects. Mm-hmm. You can like sneak Lola in to, that, to the window when you're do- you've got Shroud Reduction things going on. Yeah. Yeah, the other kind of card I want to mention, and we asked we asked a rules question about this because we couldn't we sort of didn't quite believe it was it was as good as it is, is cards that well on the hunt basically on the hunt and kicking the hornet's nest, which mm-hmm. spawn the enemy directly engaged with you. There's not many of these, but I think it's worth if you're playing either a, a rogue or a god guardian you've got access to their cards. These two definitely gain some currency in this campaign on the hunt, I think is a great Mm. card anyway. Mm -hmm. Because it spawns the enemy engaged with you, you don't draw the enemy, you don't resolve the concealed keyword on the on the enemy. So it can it can drastically reduce the actions required to to deal with the enemy when it just lands straight engaged with you. Yeah, part of the tax of a concealed X enemy is what that X is. And we'll talk about some of the concern about concealed momentarily. What's the... Is it Otherworld Codex? Yeah, listen to this. Otherworld Codex. Exhaust Otherworld Codex and spend a secret. Search the top nine cards of the encounter deck and choose a non-elite card among them. Discard a copy of the chosen card from play. Now... Enemies in the shadows are they in play? Are considered to be in play, uh, but they cannot be damaged or leave play via player card effects. Oh, there we go. Gosh darn it! That would have been so cool. <laughs> the other world codex snoping from snoping from the shadows. Yeah, your point about spawning engaged with you, I think, is really important because of the ramifications of what concealed does. Part of the issue with a concealed enemy is how hard it is to find it, yeah, and whether you need to spend time finding it. And as we've identified, even if you have damage or clue acceleration, that's not going to speed up the way that you're exposing cards. 
So concealed two means potentially you're going to be spending three actions to find this thing, as well as the actions it takes to move. So it could be a one, two, three, four, five action thing just to be able to fight with an enemy. (laughs) Seems very strange to be investing so much time to be getting an enemy. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah, that's how it goes. Should we talk, actually, should that segues yeah, into that some... leads us into what are the concerns. Yeah, we'll talk about the concerns before we talk about what we like about Concealed. These were the things that mm, kind okay. of jumped out to me initially. Um, we'll go through <laughs> them one by one. So I think the first is what you've hinted at there, Frank, is, is variance, really. Although, well, you've yep. sort of hinted at it. We've got a, a card that has Concealed 2 that's potentially... And, and we've got three decoys... It might be that you need to uh, expose at your location, one action, move to another location, another action, expose at that location, move to another location, and then expose at that location. Like you say, that's five actions. Mm. And that's if all three locations connect in that way, <laughs> just to add. Yeah, without any tests. Or, backtracking. Yeah, backtracking yeah. or failing tests. And if you're playing solo, that's nearly two turns to deal with one encounter mm-hmm. card draw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or what could happen is you flip over the right one on the first decoy, so it's one action, yep. and then you're you're fighting the enemy. So there's there's a delta there of four actions, and this is before we yep. start to deal with two concealed enemies appearing at once and flooding the map with decoys. Mm. So mm-hmm. there's a it it can it doesn't necessarily reset your progress, but it can when additional concealed enemies appear, it can muddy the waters in terms of where an enemy might have been or where the most impactful place to go next are mm. i'm gonna talk about a specific enemy yeah, please here do, now because yeah. it could illuminate this so again if you're trying to avoid concealed spoilers maybe this is the point to flip forward so the coterie agents they're one fight one health one evade they're concealed two so like we've been describing three blips come in when they enter the shadows they get a doom and after they're exposed, they get discarded. So there's a, a positive here. If you can expose one, they just automatically die. And the effort you've taken to expose them is all you need to do to clear them. But also, if you don't expose them, they're essentially an ancient evil. So they've cost you a, a turn. It might be that in solo or when you're feeling action strapped, you just don't work out, hang on, there's no way I'm going to do this right now, or the places that the concealed mini cards have spawned, the nearest locations to me are locations, broadly speaking, I'm done with, and I really need to be moving on. Maybe the right play with some concealed enemies is simply to leave them. But the risks, as you say, are as soon as there's one concealed enemy down, if you put any effort into revealing it, and then you draw another concealed enemy which forces some of the cards to shuffle up, it can just feel like you're in this quagmire and it's just getting more and more action intensive the more effort you you put in i think there's there's a like a, a fascinating it's not risk reward really but it's effort payoff evaluation of how much you actually even want to engage with concealed enemies yeah i think this this means this isn't really a variance issue but it's but it it's a very low base of actions to deal with a card compared to other mythos cards do you know what i mean like five actions to deal with a mythos card that's a potentially a big enemy Mm -hmm. um we're talking like seven plus health enemy and there aren't many of those in the deck yeah usually yeah (laughs) 
And it, it can it can combo with points in the scenario to really be at intense times of the scenario. It can it can be a massive drain on your your kind of actions and your cards and so on mm-hmm. compared to drawing other mythos cards. That as well as being yeah. variance in dealing with it, it gives a high variance in the encounter deck. Which is why I think on the hunt yeah. is such a powerful card to fight these against. If you use on the hunt to pull mm. out the concealed enemies and no one else is drawing them, so you're removing yeah. drawing a regular mythos card, having the enemy directly with you, you're removing the action tax of those of those concealed cards as well for other mm. other investigators. Mm. I don't know, it's just it's just something to bear in mind, I think. I think the counterpoint to the variance is that you're given so many more avenues for dealing with a concealed card than you are for, say, a big enemy. Mm-hmm. A big enemy, if you're regularly evading it, it's not dying. The only way really to kill it off is if you have some sort of damage options, yeah. and that's that's the one avenue. Whereas with a concealed card, you can investigate to get it, you can evade to get it, you can fight to get it, whatever one of those you can do. If if your investigator can't do any of those things, what's going on? Yeah. And I say that slightly glibly because it might be that you've built an investigator that's very supporty or it's particularly in a large group or that maybe has a plan to get clues like cheating clues. That still works, at least for exposing. That's one of the things I think is nice about the concealed rules. You can still use your fail tech in Survivor. And look, what I found is just going to be getting you one expose or you can't really use oops because you need to be engaged no for oops too you could get away with that as well yeah but yeah you know your stray cat will still reveal a a decoy rather than evade an enemy so yeah in theory in theory i say this cautiously because there are more ways of exposing than there are of just chewing through a seven health enemy you should be able to work through them but even as we talk about that the other thing that that's floating around here is that the effort it takes just to reveal the concealed enemy (laughs) That's before you've then dealt with the enemy. I know I said that earlier, yeah. but you can be incentivized to be spending all of your actions to essentially draw an encounter card. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is fascinating. So yeah, we've mentioned the val- variance. You mentioned the scalability. Yes. Movement, I think, matters a lot, and in solo, the solo player is going to have to cover all of the ground themselves. Yeah. I really think, incidentally, this this means that uh, the classic I hope people have done it with Min like the the stand in one place barricade yourself and investigate at surrounding <laughs> yeah. locations yeah. I think it makes a lot of those cards worth a second look like in the know mm-hmm. could be I think I, I can't remember the wording of in the know off, off the top of my head could probably work with concealed mm-hmm. the original like level zero seeking answers might be a card you look at I think like there's there's yeah, in the know is just investigate, investigate any revealed location in play as if you were at that location. So I think it's worth maybe there's a seeker role in a team on this on this campaign which does that kind of thing. Stays yes. in one location, yeah. barricades themselves in <laughs> and then exposes yeah. all of the enemies. But I think well, I'll tell you what, let's let's just put a pin in that because I think that, that adds an interesting there's an interesting wrinkle added in terms of who can do what in this campaign as a result of concealed and then your final concern was maybe the complexity complexity. yeah yeah and i I think 
Actually, we, we've demonstrated this a couple of times because <laughs> we have so yeah. many potential interactions with effects that weren't written with concealed in mind. You have to go mm. back. You can think you can know what those cards do, but you have to go back and read them and make sure. Like it's easy to assume that pickpocketing will give you a give you a resource after a successful evade, even though that's not what it says. Because I'm evading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I made the assumption that in the no works, but maybe there's the wording of in the no is in such a way that it precludes its use with concealed um sounds like it doesn't but but you know what i mean right (laughs) more than usual we're second guessing whether or not we know what the cards say (laughs) what the cards say because sometimes these distinctions haven't mattered and you you don't remember them for that reason complete tangent but on a recent episode on think on your feet i drew an enemy that could only be damaged by spells or relics and i'm playing amanda so i'm like well i don't have any of those I just resolved to evade that enemy for the rest of the game, which I did completely happily on I went. And a listener wrote in and said, you do know that Occult Invocation is a spell, right? I had Occult Invocation in my hand all game. Yeah. I mean, in theory, I know that. (laughs) But I I didn't, it didn't occur to me to check the traits of the cards in my hand when I drew an enemy that could only be affected by specific traits. I just, I just decided to plan and move on. It's not been relevant, exactly. And I could see that I could evade. It was a low evade anyway, so it was fine. And I just moved on. Yeah, it's funny how that happens. Where to next, Peter? Well, I, let, let's let's talk about why we enjoy Concealed or, or what is it that's mm. perking our interest in it. Perk mm-hmm. interest? Mm-hmm. Peak interest? How would you describe your interest? interest the state of your interest? Pe- peaked. Peaked. With a, with a Q-U, yeah. I think thematically to tie in with the campaign it it gives this feeling of being crowded but not being sure where the enemies are which i think is an interesting mm-hmm. vibe to give yes uh, it's real yeah. like chasing shadows kind of feel which uh, it, it it really to me feels like it ties in with the themes of the campaign which is like mm-hmm. a phantom enemy that your phantom enemies that you're chasing around the world mm-hmm. right yeah yeah totally agree even using like the weapon, because <laughs> you can expose them with the fight check, which mm-hmm. sounds weird when you start to think about it. What like what are you doing with that machete to expose an enemy? <laughs> are you just like flailing it around in the dark? You like it, to me, it's almost like you're, you're cutting through curtains. <laughs> <laughs> cutting through curtains. <laughs> you, it, it's like a feeling of you're pushing through a crowd and like pushing people out of the way. You know that you see a mm-hmm. shadow in the crowd and you push through the crowd. You know that that's, that's it's like combat. that great bit where like someone shoots in the air with their pistol and the crowd scatters. Except one person still standing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sort of thing. Except in this example, you've waved your machete in the air. <laughs> you've just run into the crowd and thrown your machete into the air, and people have screamed and run out of the way. <laughs> it feels like you're kind of you, you're you're breaking through the crowds, and then, and then you know the elusive uh, theme would be your your sneaking through the crowds spotting your enemy yep. and then investigate is yeah. just finding a perceiving perceiving the crowd spot someone <laughs> yeah so so i think i like i really like that feel that it gives and and the other thing i think it took me a little while to put my finger on this i like that being in the shadows gives enemies a way of interacting with you and probably rarely you with them that they're there but they're not there so it mm-hmm. it can give mm-hmm. a boss style enemy like a like a presence in the scenario until they actually appear and they 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 aren't being directly dealt with until it does appear 
Mm. So, mm. like, you know, often an enemy at the end of a scenario is just a big 20 health lump or mm-hmm. 5 eye health or whatever. And you just, you wait until it appears and then you jump on it and attack it. Uh, but it doesn't have any impact on the scenario directly until it appears. Here, you yeah. know, whatever, the, the concealed enemy can appear in the in the shadows and it can do stuff from there. You know it's there. You can see the stats on its card. Uh, it's got probably got less health overall, but it needs to be investigated and discovered first. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's mm-hmm. quite nice. It's it's similar in a way. What I've written here is it, it's similar in a way to the way like the Rougarou works or the 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 monster in the museum works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That they're they're kind of ever present enemies, but they have a lot of like scenario specific rule scaffolding holding them up. So the Ruger has got the, the abilities that you can't engage it without spending clues and it moves around and drops clues and it does this and it does that. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the Biscotonk Museum, you know, there's a whole load of stuff there about being in the void and coming in and out of the void, which is very similar to how the shadows works. But here, all of that rules kind of scaffolding is offloaded to the scenario. It's presented up front so you can build around it and it's replicated across the scenario to replicate that feeling. So I think that's mm. a really positive thing that this this mechanic does. This is sort of straying yeah. into a mechanical benefit. But can, can I just say, imagine, by the way, a rework of Curse of the Rougarou, but where the Rougarou has, say, Concealed 2, and every time it runs away, you pick, you know the map is in three triangles, you pick a different triangle and put three concealed cards there that would be so fun yeah where you don't even know where the rougarou is you're on the trail roughly of the rougarou but not you don't know exactly oh it's gone to the swamp or it's gone wherever anyway yeah i agree i think for me the thematic word that comes to mind is is threat mm. and you can have quite a full in the shadows even in one or two players where you're saying like hang on there's three different enemies up here now particularly if you've been unlucky you've tried to expose one and you've hit a couple of decoys and the sense of them being there maybe there's some doom on them or maybe they're waiting to fight you maybe the scenario is telling you to expose them and you're like oh my goodness it's yeah it's a it's basically a new way of interacting with enemies that isn't simply how many times have we said it on the cast if you have an enemy on you you need to fight it or evade it or it's just going to be taxing you health, sanity, actions. Enemies are the biggest roadblock in the game to progress mm. because of how they sit in your face and even the art on the cards is to have the art in the bottom section of the card so that it's coming at you. Concealed completely changes that and says, yeah, there is, there's an enemy somewhere here but you don't know where. I, I love that. I think that's really cool. I, I'll mention now Riddles and Rain again skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this what i love about how concealed's introduced in that scenario is it starts with the red glove man and concealed spread out across the map and then by the time you make it to the tower of london concealed is all filling that one location in the tower and we had it when we played where we then drew a coterie agent and the rules on the scenario say that you put all of the cmc's there as well so we had another three in there and then i think did we draw another coterie agent yeah i think we did i think we did i think we got rid of one and then another one appeared we ended up working through something close to 10 it was probably Mm. seven or eight cmc's that felt threatening in a completely different way you know we're basically surrounded by shadows 
on all sides and we're working through like we need to clear at least one of these coterie agents for the doom we're meant to be finding the red glove man but we can't amongst all of these different decoys that was really exciting i thought yeah and it's nice because both of us could help i was investigating you were fighting we're both working through the pile yeah 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 absolutely yeah it, it, it's nice to have that feeling as a as a kind of not as a literal threat as in a shadow's hunting you <laughs> a literal shadow mm-hmm. has come alive mm-hmm. and is hunting you yeah but the, the, like yeah. A, the the metaphorical hunting shadows being being something you mm-hmm. have to do i think mm-hmm. is is really spot on thematically for this campaign and let and let's start talking about mechanically because i think you you said what i really wanted to say frank oh right okay. which is that go on <laughs> i'll tell you this uh, <laughs> this is a way for i think there's there's two things i really like the first is that Aside from the, the, the recontextualization of cards, which I always like, this allows more investigators to contribute usefully in the kind of investigation, inverted commas, I'm doing bunny years again, there was a discussion about that on our mm-hmm. Discord, the investigation phase of the game. And I know investigation mm-hmm. means something in particular, and investigator phase is something in particular. What I mean is in the act of, well, I guess progressing the act, which typically mm-hmm. involves finding clues. Fighters often sit in the defensive portion of the game, so they're stopping the enemies generated by the Mythos deck impacting you on your ability to progress the act. So it's a defensive role. And not all the time, but some of the time, Concealed is a a stopper of progression itself. Resolving the progression Mm -hmm. is what... uh, The the Concealed is what you need to do to progress. This mechanic allows like evaders enemy managers uh, to directly interact with that which i think is is i really like that it gives more use to more characters if you've got downtime when there's no enemies fighters can be fighting the shadows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, do you want me to move on or do you want to comment on that completely agree so yeah please move on and i think the other thing that's interesting and, and i actually saw some people saying this on the reddit so i don't want people to think i'm I'm run out of ideas and I'm stealing them. Uh, I, I was in total agreement when I saw this stated. It enables investigators who've built their deck to engage with the kind of core mechanics in creative ways. Tesla's clues, Tesla's damage, that kind of stuff. It kind of insulates them from a scenario doing something weird and stopping them using those abilities to progress the mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. I think we can all, like, there's scenarios where you don't gain clues in the regular way, you know? To get clues, yeah. you have to do something unusual. To not have doom, you have to do something unusual. Um, so mm-hmm. there's scenarios that mess up those core rules of the game, and they can impact you if you've made a weird deck that engages with the game in a weird way. Yeah, that doesn't pass tests. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And suddenly, it's all about passing tests. Yeah, yeah. This kind of insulates you from that, because it means... And I guess where I've had the most fun is using our abilities uh, in, a, in our team, Trish and Roland, using our abilities in creative ways to expose cards and deciding mm-hmm. when you need to expose cards, when you need to gain clues, who's going to do the exposing, who's going to do the investigating. Yeah. Gives those kind of cards, those kind of tactics more utility and uh, makes them a bit more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Was that rambling there or does that make sense? No, 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 no. It's totally making sense. The card that suddenly occurred to me as well as a fascinating concealed interacting card is lockpicks. Yeah. And when you're talking about which of us does the expose, 
it might be that if I have lockpicks down, I'm more likely to smash a, a single test, mm -hmm. but lockpicks is going to ex exhaust and you might want an enemy to then kill it and get clues. But it could be the flip side where I want you to expose an enemy because then I can investigate because there's an enemy at our location and I'll get multiple clues. And the tension, there's, n there's often a right or a wrong way to play, but it's not always clear which it is. And we, we spend time discussing it, which I really enjoy. Yeah, the, the testless thing, I guess this comes back to that idea of because you can interact with concealed through multiple avenues. So say, say you're doing testless Preston and you're running the favours. Yeah. If you draw an enemy and you don't have decoy or small favor in hand, your intel report is useless. Yeah. You can't intel report to evade the enemy. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you draw any of those cards and a concealed enemy is drawn, any of those cards will allow Preston to help. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, he could be two locations away from the yeah. person who's drawn it and still be able to be sniping um, blips. I was going to say sniping decoys. Sniping blips at range if he's willing to pay, which is... So cool. I I do think I might need to run a Preston deck through. Yeah. I think you made the point that all of the favours in Preston do an expose, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and they all Unless have the same ability. An enemy engaged with you. I don't think it does. No, I don't think it does. I think you, you can pay Yeah, because decoy works up to two locations away as well. Yeah, automatically evade a non elite enemy at your location. Hmm. Are they at your location? An investigator may use a card effect that automatically evades an enemy. Well, it says... Deals damage to an enemy or discovers a clue at a location. Yeah. Automatically evades an enemy at a location. Is that how it's meant to be read there? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to rule it works. <laughs> Send in your angry messages <laughs> if it doesn't. Yeah, I think so. That's it. It's super cool, right? Yeah, you'd, you'd write that differently if that was if that was going to exclude that. Anyway, yeah. No, I, yeah, I think because all of those cards basically do the same. It, you've got six copies of a card. <laughs> it's two. <laughs> yeah. Two expose an enemy or four expose, uh, expose a blip to two locations away. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Your first point about allowing investigators to contribute usefully to progression of acts, that thing I described in Riddles and Rain where we're both doing what we're good at and making progress is that really sums that up i think again you know another potential episode we have in the pipeline i'm not sure if you're convinced about this is responding to or exploring some of the concerns people have expressed around scarlet keys as a whole and obviously our sample size at the moment is pretty small but again i think for solo players some of the advantages of concealed in terms of thematic and mechanical excitement aren't as apparent it's just like there's no other, you know, if I'm playing solo, there's not another investigator who's saying, oh, don't worry, I'll use my specialism to help with that. It's just all on me. And it's, you know, I've I've soloed Scarlet Keys as Daryl, so I have five intellect and I can be easily boost that higher. But it's just a lot of investigate actions to make progress. And yeah. unless you've, and in fact, actually, if you've built a solo deck where you've not put in a load of testless or fast abilities, because you might not have done, depending on the cost or who you're playing, then you start to feel the action tax and you miss out on that feeling of, oh, we're all working on finding these enemies in the shadows together because you're doing it yourself. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Where does this leave us on Concealed? And what would you like to discuss the next time we talk about Concealed? If you want to give a tease for... Listeners. It'd be really nice to 
start talking some in-depth concealed strategies and mm-hmm. with more knowledge of the, the the breadth of how it's played with across the campaign that i think is going to be interesting and any ways of kind of mitigating variance or or the scalability of it how we do that whether mm. stuff you know unlikely <laughs> investigators i was wondering about luke as well i don't know whether there's you could you could definitely like build a top tech teched out luke deck that had abilities finding clues at connecting locations and was able to connect to a whole load of locations with blips that struck me as something you could do just, it's like just that min style, isn't it? It's it's yeah, that command center min, but it's just that Luke's command center is <laughs> way more connected than min's command center. Yeah. So and yeah, transient. Bit a more in-depth understanding of how it works across the campaign, and then being able to really dive into some specific deck tech. How much of your deck mm-hmm. should be weighed towards one or the other, exposing or actually progressing? I think that would be really good to do. What about you? Yeah, well, you mentioned as well that, you know, you feel that maybe the concealed enemies are slightly weaker, slightly underspecked compared to normal enemies. And I would like to dive in in more detail and look at that because I think that could be really interesting to see. Yeah, you did. And I thought, oh, man, it's not occurred to me. And it makes sense, right? The Coterie agent is a 111. That's such a low stat line, but you don't even ever really test against it because well certainly when you're dealing with it as concealed because it just as soon as you expose it it's gone but it really is saying look I'm not threatening in the conventional ways I'm threatening because you've got to find me so I'd like to delve into that the other question I have sort of floating around that again is for a later point is mystics and concealed and it's interesting that you mentioned Luke because as we said earlier if you've got a high stat in uh, intellect combat or agility you've got a way of interacting with concealed without needing any other cards in your deck and mystics by and large don't have that and i mentioned sword cane but yeah i would i would like to do a more thorough consideration of it's a hard one to gauge just on on the sort of on instinct because in the in a way as long as you draw any of your spells you can help but most yes. spells are charge based like the sixth sense stock feels like say, it yeah. really goes up and wither as well in fact and wither yeah yeah and i mentioned sword cane as well yeah you are in a position where if you've got if you're using sixth sense sorry we're, we're getting we're, we're getting ready to wrap up and we dive we're diving back in yeah but if, yeah, yeah. if you're using sixth sense i've lured you back in <laughs> just when i thought i was out no that if you're using sixth sense to find clues uh, sorry, if you're using yeah. Sixth Sense to expose blips, do you need yeah. Wither to be able to do that? It's Essentially just, not, no. It's just one or the other, the card you need. Yeah. But if you're playing in multiplayer... There's, you'll still need to find you... clues and kill enemies, just as the regular course of playing the game. You're playing in multiplayer, do you end up taking a Rite of Seeking or a Clairvoyance and then a Sixth Sense? Because you don't want to be using Rite of Seeking or Clairvoyance charges for only a single expose. Mm. So you end up with a sort of a one damage or one clue solution and then also and similarly drawn to the flame don't know if you've heard of that card or read the signs not particularly great exposed cards because it part of their value is getting you two clues yeah so 
you can't say like, can I just draw half an encounter card and get one clue? <laughs> Bro, anyway, well, I, th- I think plenty more to yeah, dig into there. I think that's us, yeah. And listener, if there's a particular thing that's been getting you interested or confused or just an area that you feel like you haven't seen people talking about about concealed now is your time to write into us let us know because we're gonna like i say this is a big enough topic that there's plenty more for us to explore so you can get in touch with us we're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com we're drawn to the flame on facebook twitter designed by humans and patreon thanks so much to all our patrons for their support and thank you if you're considering becoming a patron peter how can people get in touch with you I am United everywhere. That's U N I T L E D. I'm on Twitter and Discord, and I'm on the Reddit sometimes, Steam, and then I'm on Instagram as the United. So yeah, please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm F B on Twitter. That's E P H underscore B E E, and then I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Zozo. Say hi as well. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. When Valtteri made his own trip, he resolved to get to the bottom of the mystery, and watchers from the village saw him hacking diligently at the shrubbery atop the mound. Then they saw his figure melt slowly into invisibility. The next trip was the solitary venture of old Captain Florian Motz, a grizzled pioneer who had helped to open up the region in 1889, but who had never been there since. (laughs) 